Hello, hello, and welcome to Somehow I Dad, the podcast about dad life. Joining us from today, jo- joining us from today. Just do it again, do it again, do it again. Been, I said something right long. at the beginning. It's been too long. <clears throat> hello, hello, and welcome. Okay. <laughs> You're going to get it. You're going to get it. <clears throat> hello, hello, and welcome to Somehow I Dad, the podcast about dad life. Joining us today from Alabama, Tyler Giddens. Yo, what to do if you a pimp? Stay pimping, dog. That's exactly <laughs> what I was hoping you were going to say. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> from Seattle, <laughs> TJ Weaver. Welcome to Chili's. Also from Seattle, just a stone's throw away, Alex Minton. I'm the only one who's normal. What's happening? <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> from Ohio, Sir Gordo. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> and I'm your host, Garrett Brock. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, <clears throat> we're back. It's been a long few months, and uh <clears throat> I think it's just been uh it's been too long. It's been too long. I missed you guys, missed talking and hanging out. Um how are you guys doing? How's how's life been? How's how's your families? How's the kids? How's uh <clears throat> how you, how you doing? How's it going in your neck of the woods? What you start, Tyler? <laughs> Mr. Cotton He's got candy cotton man. candy in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm doing well. Um since our last podcast, uh we've asked what's been I did sell my truck. Um, got a cheap car. Everybody's made fun of me for it since, but hey, I'm a lot richer every month for it. Yeah, get a Corolla. What is it, Tyler? A mm. Corolla. I mean, yeah, a Corolla's okay. It is so much more fuel efficient than the, the, the than the Taco. Dude, it's thirty five dollars a tank. I fill up once a week. I was filling up twice a week for seventy dollars in that Taco. <laughs> like it's Dang, a ton bro. of Blue money. Taco, my California. <laughs> You guys still got your big. Um, you guys got still got an SUV though, right? Yeah, we oh, got an Explorer. Tyler, how's uh, how's Aspen doing? Uh, she's doing well. Uh, she started ballet today, uh, so we're gonna see how that goes. Uh, she was pretty excited. So, um, I did not know, but it's a very expensive uh, hobby. Um, their pageant or recital dresses can range anywhere from a hundred to two hundred dollars. So that's awesome. I don't know. I was getting into that. Uh, I well, thought it was just sign up fee and you go. Like point shoes and driving to events and yeah, goodness. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun, real fun. <laughs> um, yeah, she's doing well. that. Did she make it through all the t-ball? Yeah, she made it the whole thing. Nice and uh, soccer as well. She uh, she would not play soccer, so we would put her on the field, and she would either fall down and make like grass angels, you know, instead of snow angels, it's grass <laughs> angels, um, or she would hold a little girl's hand and follow her around the entire field and would not run. That's so. That is so cute. Just all she wanted to do is hold her hand. That. So oh. it was. Did you yeah, end up coaching soccer too? Uh, I told them I would, and then after the first game, I was like, I can't do this, so I just stood on the side. <laughs> How's how's uh, how Oakley doing? Uh, she's doing well. She's got uh, two teeth coming in. Um, she still hasn't said her first word yet. I mean, she goes ah, but that's about the extent of it. Um, what a, what age are they state. supposed to start say their first word? Aspen said uh, Dada at eight months. Okay, eight months old. Yeah. And then uh, Oakley is <laughs> yeah. And then Oakley <laughs> is eight months old. So and she's got two teeth already. So we were hoping she could make some sort of noise, but it's yeah. kind of just like a, a growl. It's like a, ah, <laughs> so, but yeah, she's doing good. Thank yeah. <clears throat> what about you, TJ? How is, uh, how are you guys doing up there? Good. Uh, since the last podcast school started, so now we have three kids in school, which we really thought was going to be a bigger deal. But Thea is just really excited to be included with her older siblings. And she gets yeah. to ride the bus with Luke and AJ. And she has uh, really 
broken through that like that super shy phase that ev- that most kids have because she was to the point where like all strangers were hit, hiding behind mom or dad, and yeah. now she like there are people. Alex is finally on the list of people that she likes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> But she does really, 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 really well. Um, we're trying to get to that point where she can um, make her own friends. Because as of like right now, her recess is in with her sisters. So gotcha. they tend to just hang out together and yeah. she hangs out with AJ's friends. But at the same time, Em and I, part of the reason we wanted our kids so close in age is so they'd always be like in the same group together kind without being like, yeah exactly without being like four years between and totally different friend groups totally different interests so that's really nice how old is she now between your kids uh every kid is about a year apart okay give or take a few months here or there um so luke is nine in february and then it goes aj seven but she'll be eight in like two weeks She's the um, shy one. No, AJ is not. Nobody's shy anymore. No, not <laughs> all my kids love people. Um, like it's it. It is cool to see them maturing to the point where, um, they can talk to adults and be respectful, which I think is a huge. Like they can be friendly with kid with adults, but I also want them to know that adults are to be listened to. Um, yeah. and, um, if honestly, if you are in my house and one of those people that I have around often, I want them to respect them and know that they almost speak with a parental authority. If a, if a, another grown up says, stop, that's not safe. I want them to listen to that as well. Um, but it's good. It's good. Life is, uh, busy and expensive. That's, that's <laughs> where life is. Yeah. It's it's been so cool to see Thea come out of her shell because like TJ kind of put it lightly, she wanted nothing to do with me. And I've been around since she like since she was born, right? And she would yeah. not look at me, nothing, right? Like AJ, Luke, Levi, totally my totally my kids, right? They're all in for it. They run up for hugs at church and all that kind of stuff. And I legit, I legit cried, like in our kids' ministry. AJ and Luke ran up when they saw me on a Sunday morning, gave me a hug and Thea like came running right behind him and gave me a big old hug and then wanted to talk to me. I was, I was a puddle. I was <laughs> a legit puddle in the hallway. I'm like, this little girl actually accepts me now. Yeah. So it, it's been, it's been really cool to see. That's cool. <clears throat> Gordo, how are your kids doing? Doing good, man. Just adjusting to life with four kids pretty much we you, got a, just, you got a village now man yeah man we're trying to catch up to tj ours are more spread out though <laughs> you sure. did catch up we did catch up yeah but yeah. now we're trying to prevent tj check this five. out check this out now we're trying to prevent uh number five yeah <laughs> so that's pretty much what we're trying to do right now is just uh <laughs> ended on lucky number four basically but all things are good <laughs> but that's man. what just, three boys one girl three boys one girl yeah yeah so our spread now boy, is, boy girl boy 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 girl boy yep 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 and we got dom will be 13 in february mason's gonna be 11 next month and then evie is two in february the little cow. man's just uh yeah the little man is just um He's only one month old now. So yeah, it's interesting, man. It's definitely, it's definitely interesting. It's been, it's been cool though. Like I I think, uh, raising a little girl is like 10 times harder than raising a little boy, to be honest with you. Um, so that's been interesting trying to navigate for sure. But I think overall it's been, what's that? that? Dude, just like, like when my boys would see bugs and stuff like that, like, I mean, Dom was like grabbing bees by their wings and like holding them to where they like wouldn't sting him. <laughs> and then you got Evie who's like sees a bug and she just like, like there's a meltdown until I kill that freaking bug. Like that's, that's just all there is to it. And so it's just like getting used to like have being a boy dad, I guess. And then having a little girl and then being a boy dad all over again is just like, yeah, 
it's weird, man. But yeah, she's, she's, um, it's really cool. She's like when Riss was in the hospital with Evie, she, her and I got really close because obviously like I had to put her to bed. I had to be her comfort. Like mm-hmm. I was it, you know? And so her and I got really close and, um, she finds herself like just randomly coming to snuggle me throughout the day and just wanting to come down and hang with me while I'm working and stuff like that. Nice. So it's, it's been, that's yeah, been really cool. I, you know, I, Rich and I laugh. We were laughing last night. We were like, man, we are totally boy parents that prayed for a little girl. And we had no idea what we were doing <laughs> when we prayed for a little girl. Cause we're just like, our hands are so full with her. I don't, I don't know if it's just like, she's really good. Like she's really, really good. It's just, it's mommy, daddy nonstop from the time that she opens her eyes till the time that she closes her eyes at night. It's like constant entertainment where our boys, like they could find stuff to do. And yeah, yeah, so it's interesting, man. Just trying to, just trying to navigate that. I'm, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty hectic. I will say going from having one baby to two babies again at over 30 years old has been, uh, has been interesting to say the least, but it's all good stuff, man. Like I, we're totally done at four. We're like, if we have another one, we'll probably just lose it and we need a bigger house, but we're, uh, <laughs> taking precautions to prevent that now. But, um, yeah, yeah. Life is good, man. Life is definitely good. Thank you. Alex, how are you guys doing? Oh man, <clears throat> things, things have been wild on the Minton front. Um, you know, a lot of transition work-wise um, yeah. ministry stuff has been going good. And then since the last time I was on the podcast, um, so I've, I've got two boys right now and we have a little girl on the way. So yeah, um, baby Nora do. will be here. Yeah. Baby Nora will be here uh, February 22nd um, earlier or later. Yeah. It's, and I, you know, hearing you say that it's like being a boy, dad's praying <clears throat> or boy, parents pa- praying for a girl. I'm like, gosh, I've been that and there, and now we've got one on the way. And I'm like, I'm used to being a boy dad. And this has been, you know, the last, and we knew we were having a daughter in, uh, July. So we went through and, you know, did all the blood work and all that kind of stuff to, cause I'm super impatient. And so knowing I'm having a daughter, it's been like wrestling with that. Like, am I going to be a good dad for a little girl? Right. Yeah. Cause I figured out how to be a dad for boys, right? They're me, they're iterations of me in different senses. Right. So I have like Lincoln, who's just the, you know, bull in a China shop. And then I have like the very <laughs> caring, very caring, loving, courteous Uriah, who's our youngest, right. Our miracle baby. And now we've got Nora coming and I'm like, am I going to get a bull in a China shop version of me? And then the sassiness of their mom or, you know, what, what am, what am I getting with yeah. this? Right. And like, you know, I'm just, my wife has just been hammering me with like the daddy daughter dance stuff and all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, God, don't, don't get me started on that. Like I've already got to save for a wedding. Right. But the, uh, you know, it's been really cool. Um, just thinking and praying and, and hearing what the Lord has to say about being the father of a daughter, um, versus, you know, where I'm at with two sons. So it's been cool. And then she's obviously going to have, you know, Lincoln, who's eight years older than her, Uriah, who's four years older than her. So she's going to, I'm basically going to have two additional dads on top of that to help parent her. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. This, this last season of our life where there's just been a lot of transition and then, you know, baby Nora on her way has been, it's been really fun. So how old are your boys, Alex? So Lincoln is seven. Um, okay. and Uriah is going to turn four on December 1st. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. How's, God bless uh, you, bro. So, how's Anna doing with the, the pregnancy? She, she's doing good. Um, in the beginning, like we kind of knew we were having a daughter cause she got like horrible morning sickness and we didn't have any of that with the boys. Yeah. Um, but at this stage she's in like the fun zone. Where it's like she's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's not big enough yeah. yet. Where it's like, you know, she can't barely walk around, and she's kind of oafing around. Oh, babe, I'm sorry if you listen to this podcast. She's not there yet, but uh, she's starting. She's she's starting to feel it a little bit. Um, but uh, so she's she's having a good time, um, and she's planning, and we're building out the her nursery and all that kind of stuff, and you know, praying for her and and whatnot. So it it's been cool, and then you know, the homeschooling our kids. So we homeschool both our kids right now. And so her and I've been talking about like, 
what does it look like to homeschool a daughter? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause the, the life, like one of the things we've learned in the last, you know, eight years of homeschool in Lincoln and for Uriah is like, you're not just responsible for their education. You're responsible for their social life as well. So how do you, how do you do that with boys? That's easy. Go, you know, put them, put them on a playground and they just fight each other and figure it out and make friends. <laughs> Little girls are enti- entirely different, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm still working my way through that on what that's going to look like. And, you know, pray for me, <laughs> please yeah. on, on, on what it looks like for me to be a girl dad. Cause, um, I, it's on untread ground currently, Yeah, but it's, it's going to be a fun ride. Gordo, did you, <clears throat> I know you're, you're kind of the most recent one here to have go from boys to a girl. Did you feel like there was a different connection that you had with a girl than with your boys? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's, um, you know, I kind of always had the thought with having the two boys, I was like, all right. Cause doctors told us like, Hey, you're not going to have any more kids. And just to clarify, the two younger ones do look like me. So we're good there, but they, um, <laughs> they told us we weren't going to have any more kids. So like, I always thought like in my head, I was always like, all right, I got two boys to live on the legacy. Like I'm just going to pour yeah. everything that I have into them. So like, having a little girl that I know that, you know, Lord willing, I'll give away someday to another man was definitely one of those things where I was just like, whoa. Okay. So it does, it keeps me in check a lot too, just with like talking to um, Marissa and stuff like that. Just like, okay, I have to set an example for this little girl of like Mm -hmm. who I want her to marry when she's older. And I think that for me is like one of the, hardest things because I think about it nonstop when I'm like talking to her and everything like that. Um, it, it definitely is different. You know, there's a lot of emotion and, and for Evie specifically, like she, she's kind of a mix between both me and Marissa. Like, whereas Dom is just like Riss and Mason is just like Mm -hmm. me. Like it's, it's like a perfect split. It's weird. Um, with Evie, she has the fire of me and the sweetness of Marissa. So it's, it's interesting to say the least. Um, yeah. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely is interesting, but I look forward to all that stuff. You know, I, I really, like I said, her and I bonded a lot. She's, she's totally a mommy's girl. She like, she has her baby dolls and she copies everything Marissa does all day. Like she just copies <laughs> changing the baby's diaper. She uses so many freaking wipes to wipe her baby's fake butt and it's just like marissa and i just let it kind of go because it's it's just an interesting thing like we're we're just we're kind of in this state where we're like dumbfounded at how much she just desires to be a mommy and take care of a baby like she's really good with the baby isn't that crazy that that young that's what i'm saying instinctually like yeah. Kids are like, want to be, a, like, like specifically girls, they want to be yeah. a mom and they want to take care of baby dolls and yeah. wipe their butts. Mm-hmm. It's so, yeah. dude, it's so weird. It's, it's so weird. And she like, she's developing this, something that she's done recently is like, there's a couple <laughs> shows. She loves this, this like totally indie off-brand show called Bob the Train. And she just like yells Dad, I want to watch Bob the Train. Bob the Train. And she just like freaks out <laughs> for Bob the Train. And it's like a totally like YouTube type of show. But anyway, she um she watches that, but she can't watch like a couple episodes because there's babies crying in it and she has a ton of empathy. So like mm. if if oh my uh gosh. if Emery cries, like she's like, Daddy, babies cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she freaks out and she does that with shows too. Like if babies are crying, she flips like tonight. Oh she totally gosh. lost it because they were singing wheels on the bus and there's like a background soundtrack of a baby crying. And so it's like yeah, navigating those emotions and just like telling her like, it's okay. These are good emotions to have because you care, yeah. but you shouldn't care that much about a freaking TV show. Like it's hard to navigate <laughs> at two years old. Um, it's something I never had to go through with the boys. So that's definitely, definitely interesting. But I will say, Alex, one thing you have to look forward to, man, that you don't have, not, not that you don't have it with your boys, but like you are, you're going to be that little girl's like 
demonstration of what she wants to find in a man. And mm -hmm. uh, that alone is like, I, I don't know. It's such a huge responsibility. Like I have a job and I have kids and stuff like that. But I think about that daily nonstop pretty much as like the forefront of my mind is like, show this little girl so much love that she doesn't need to go find it from some screw bag who's going to take her to Golden Corral. Like, acting like that's a good place to eat. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, it's, Tyler. I know that's like the only other restaurant you have in Alabama. Yeah. But, Texas Roadhouse, take it easy. <laughs> Calm um, down, okay? Alabama Roadhouse. We serve almonds. Yeah. It's it, mid it's at worst. <laughs> <laughs> that's so terrifying to me. Like this, yeah. the whole thing for me is like, I, I've been really focused on, cause there's, there's a situation, um, in our family right now, um, of talking about, uh, like really working through that handoff of manhood, um, of like every single one of us went through it in some fashion, right. Of either our dads gave us the opportunity to be a man or violence led to us being a man or, or whatever iteration of that. Right. So that's like been a focus of conversation, but through that conversation with my wife, I've been like, I'm not only teaching these boys how to be husbands, um, which they're going to be either representations of me or better representations of me. Right. Cause they'll see the things that I don't see and they'll want to be better than their dad was. Right. Um, so they'll, they'll drive towards that positive ideally, right. As long as I don't curate a bunch of trauma. Um, but my daughter is looking at me as the representation of manhood, um, and what she's going to look for and whatever I don't give her, she's going to go find in its easiest fashion. Right. So I, that it like, again, it's an enormous responsibility, but it also truly terrifies me. Right. Cause it's like, I grew up in, you know, my dad gave me the best he could. My dad was a kid when, when he was, you know, raising me, um, me and my older sister were, um, married to my parents long before, um, uh, sorry, my parents were, me and my sister were born. And so my sister was born out of wedlock. I was born short, like within eight months after my parents were born. Or we're not born. Sorry, we're we're married, right? We're youngest parents. Yeah, sorry, we're like youngest parents. Immediate, immediately, my brain went to that like clip on social media of like when I was a child. Sometimes I would wake up and I have poop in my diaper, <laughs> and I couldn't walk. You know that that's not what I'm trying to curate this evening. But so like <laughs> you're kidding. Um, so. Like my dad only had to give me what he had, right? And yeah. his dad was out of the picture. He was raised by a single mom, basically a latchkey kid. So um, all of the you know trauma, opportunity, things me and my dad have grown through at this point, like made me who I am. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's going to be these things that my kids are going to carry away from their childhood, regardless of how good I try to be, because I'm not God that are going to be traumatic, whatever, that they build the better version of themselves off of. But in a daughter, like she's seeking that in another man, right? She's not trying to be a better man. She's seeking that in another man. So that yeah. absolutely terrifies me, but you know, I'm a man. I can only do what I can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I've noticed over, <clears throat> over the past, that's a month or two. Because now Ezekiel is six months, um, just crazy. Wow, <clears throat> um, wow. He, Ed. little baby Ed, is six months, and I feel like over the past month or so, month and a half, I've kind of felt this like I definitely have a connection with him and I love him, but like he's definitely starting to show signs of being a mama's boy, and like <clears throat> is can just be soothed by her so much more and is he's reaching out for her a lot more. And, um, I kind of get this feeling of like, man, I love my son and I'm so excited. We had him as a, as our first kid, cause I wanted a son first, um, have that son to carry on the family legacy and to teach how to be a man. And, um, but I have this like <clears throat> almost like internal, like desire to have a girl. And to have, um, to have like a daddy's girl, 
and to have someone that I can just like love wholeheartedly that will um not to say that Ezekiel won't like appreciate it, but men just don't know how to process their emotions as well. And that's hopefully that's something I can teach him to do. But you know, women just girls are just all about that stuff naturally and um so I mean I that's why I was I was wondering if you had like any different connection and like when you're when you had a girl versus having a boy because they are so emotional and but <clears throat> definitely yeah. I mean definitely it is a different connection I'm sure TJ and Tyler can attest to it as well um maybe maybe a little harder for Tyler to compare since he doesn't have a boy yet but um I don't know Evie like Evie it's I don't know, man. She definitely is more love. Like Mason's super, super, super lovey. He's a lot like me. Yeah. Like he's really touchy feely. It's like his love language. Yeah. Um, and so, like that's that's uh, that is what it is. But like with Evie, it's just like I don't know, man. Like sometimes the best part of my day is just <laughs> not when she gets a boo boo, but like if she gets a boo boo and she's like, "Daddy, boo boo," and all she needs is like a hug from me. Like that's just. Yeah, it's just like that. Just makes my day. Like I don't even care what happened at work. I don't care if like Riss and I had an <laughs> argument. It's just like I just healed a boo boo, and that's like I'm the freaking boo boo champion. That's all I care about. <laughs> so I think that uh, I think with that is it's like it, it definitely is. It definitely is different because like with my with yeah. Dominic Basin, like they got kind of the learning dad. Not that I'm perfected in any way, shape, or form, but they yeah. got that learning dad where it was like me literally as a teenager into my twenties figuring everything out to the point where mm-hmm. now I'm 32 and I'm like, okay, I think I've kind of figured this thing out. And, um, it, yeah, man, to answer your question, it is, it definitely is different. And I think that, uh, you know, I think with having Evie, um, it's just, it's been such a cool experience, not only to just be blessed to like have another set of kids, um, after we were told like, yo, you guys are not fertile. We've been told that twice. Like we were told that Marissa was told that when she was young. <clears throat> yeah. Um, she was told that she could never have kids and we have Dom, we had Dominic and Mason. And then she was told that again after Mason, they're like, yeah, you're not gonna have any more kids. So I think just like having four kids in general, sometimes when I think about that, like when I thought about marrying her, knowing that I couldn't have the big family that I wanted to yeah. was, um, was inter- is is not interesting it's just uh it's a blessing in a whole but just absolutely you know to i think having three boys to like carry that legacy whatever legacy i have is like super cool but just having that little girl to like i don't know i don't know how to explain it man i'm sure tj could probably tj's got older girls so it's probably easier for him to articulate yeah. but um yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing all around, man. It's a cool thing. All yeah. Around. yeah. But I, I think, you know, Garrett, one thing, and I, you, you can look forward to is although you, you know, you work a day job, all these kind of things, right. With, with sons, yeah. there's these really, really cool moments, right. Cause yeah. like my boys are a little bit older, right. So yeah. it's like, obviously yeah. Zeke is, is working his way in there and mm-hmm. currently, and up until this point, mom has been the core of everything. Right. And yeah. you've kind of been tertiary. Um, but one, of, one of the coolest things, um, so like this year I got to take Lincoln on his first backpacking trip with my family. Right. So yeah. every year, Labor Day weekend, um, we, all of the men in my family go backpacking for Labor Day weekend. So we will take yeah. like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, and there's been a rule, a standing rule, uh, that started when I was seven, that when the boys become, when they're seven years old, they're allowed to go. Um, mm-hmm. And so I got this really cool, unique moment with my unique weekend with my son yeah. um, where he was really made a part of the brotherhood in a sense yeah. um, where it's like, you know, all my family isn't all Christians, right? A, a good portion of them are, <laughs> you know, my brother was there. Who's pastor TJ was there, obviously. Um, my uncles, my grandpa, my dad, everybody was there. And, but he got to be a part of that. And, you know, on our, on our ride home, um, one of my uncles asked him, he was like, you know, 
what what was your favorite part of all this? And he was like, it's that my dad brought me, oh, right? And man. he's been, it, and that was like, that was August, right? August into September. And <laughs> and he is still talking about it to this day, right? Man, and, and there's, so cool. you know, just, yeah, just basic man things, right? Like I, I bought him a knife and we did whittling and we caught fish and we put tents up, you know, just basic, yeah, regular yeah, old yeah. white boy camping stuff. Yeah. Um, but these, you get these really potent, unique moments as a dad, um, that you, that a mom doesn't necessarily get. Yeah. Um, and, and then you can also like curate them as well. So like with, uh, both my boys, um, when I'm home and I'm not traveling for work, we do, I do their bedtime. I, I'm a part of their bedtime. And mm-hmm. so I made these really su- And I think I've talked about it before. I made these super, really unique ways. I tuck them in based upon what they're really interested in at the time. So like Uriah, super into fire trucks, Lincoln, it's star Wars and transformers currently. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like for Lincoln's tuck in, he gets every blanket in our house and he piles them up at the end of his bed. And it's literally um, right now it's, I'm taking him through all the star Wars battles. Right. So he'll yeah. call out a battle and he'll be like the battle of Geonosis. And then I'll like act it all out while I'm tucking him in. <laughs> and then, and then Uriah, it's like, you know, whatever fireman Sam or something like that. And we're acting yeah. out like a, him putting out a fire while I'm tucking him in. Right. So <laughs> you, you get these like really cool opportunities as a dad um, yeah. that you don't get. Right. Cause like Zeke, isn't going to ask, you know, Kate to come out and jump on the trampoline with him. Yeah. You know, whereas like my boys, as soon as I get home, it's like, we want you on the trampoline and we want to wrestle. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that's going to look like with a daughter. You know, it's like, it's probably yeah. going to be me. You know, you're going to see pictures of me in a tutu dressed up doing tea time. And I'm totally good with it. You're going to make up all over lipstick. all over. hundred percent. I'll let her Honestly, paint my nails. I'll, I'll do it all. We can Honestly, practice together now if you want. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I heard you guys say it, and sorry I had to step away. But no, you're um, good. honestly, the biggest thing, and I think Alex or Gordo said it, um, you are modeling what a man should be to your daughters so that they don't make excuses for crappy guys in their life because yeah. they will have seen, this is my dad. I know how he treats his wife. I know how he raised us. And it's for me with the girls, it's all about because I mean, they're strong, independent women who don't need no man. Um, But they it's more about it's more about the the supporting them a lot is what I've I've seen in my relationship with the girls is um, being present and being that safe space for them to talk to is in my experience is very is is what i cherish i mean they did a father's day and their favorite thing was daddy love and back scratch like that is tradition in the home if there's a bed they come down they get their love they get their back scratch they get their kiss goodnight and that is like one of their favorite things and it just started as like one of those stupid things like throw away things and you realize how important the little things are to your children but I have yet to put on makeup. I did let them paint my nails one time. But listen, I'll, I'll, I'll full send. I'll look like doggone kiss. <laughs> for my girl. <laughs> yeah. Please do, bro. Please Tyler, do. what's you... been your, uh, what's been your favorite part of raising girls? Uh, like, it, like Gordo said, it's, uh, they're like a whole lot more loving than a, than a boy is. Um, so that's been a, I didn't really know what to expect because I mean I've never had a kid before, but I wanted boys like since I was a teenager I've always had the goal like I wanted a boy I wanted to raise a boy, yeah. um, and then I was blessed with two girls, um, but just so far, like, so so far like Gordo said, maybe. <laughs> um, plant the seed, yeah, <laughs> Got literally to. after um, this podcast plant that seed, bro. Oh my god! <laughs> not, anyway, not today. Tyler, go ahead. Sorry, Tony. Not today. <laughs> I know you're listening. But, <laughs> but uh, like like he said, uh, they're a whole lot more loving. Um, they're a whole lot more empathetic as well. Like uh, we like like Gordo said, we can't even watch certain TV shows around Aspen because she gets like so obsessed over what's going on. Like if she sees like a car wreck or 
sirens going off like she's crying over that car wreck on TV. Like, are those people okay? Are those people okay? And she'll be like be in like real tears over it. So it's like two different types of emotions. Yeah. Whereas a boy, you see, the, just like, you see the nurturing versus the hunter gatherer. Yeah, like, like boom, fire truck. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, exactly. That's all boys. Exactly. So, uh, it it is fun. Um, just the because they're so loving. <laughs> yeah, hunter gatherer. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> You're not wrong, dude. But I just, I literally just pictured my kids in Skyrim for like two minutes. Sounds like a game hammy would it's, play. It's, exactly, <laughs> dude. It's probably going to be more like Fallout, but you know. <laughs> it's true. Very yeah, true. They were, they were nurturers before they took an arrow to the knee. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my <geez>. God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's weird, and it's even weirder. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what the scared the heck out of me? What the hell was that? Don't worry about it. You told me that didn't come from I, two drummers I legit, in here, bro. What? Legit thought I had a snare drum fall behind me. <laughs> I, I know, dude. That's I, I was like, bro, I'm I, don't, I don't have a drum set in my house. I don't know why I just automatically thought I had one out of nowhere. But golly. It's, Dude, it's just courtesy saying. of me. You're welcome. Oh. You're, you're welcome. Was that you, Tyler? Oh my god. Yeah, I was. What's even crazier? Discord machines. What's even crazier is um, the age difference, and I'm sure Gordo sees it. Is the difference from oldest to middle child, and not as much youngest yet, but you see that difference between, like, my oldest is my logic kid and my empathetic. Yeah. And he's there to support mom and dad. And when mom and dad are in a bad funk, he's trying to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. But AJ is that middle child who saw what the oldest does, doesn't want to do any of that, <laughs> and just wants to be her own person. And then Thea, being the younger middle, is yeah. like, I'm going to join in with what the older middle's doing because we got to stick together. Yeah. So all chaos comes from those. And then Levi's just like the, I do what I want. I'll hang yeah. out with them sometimes, but I'm gonna blaze my own path. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just it's 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 crazy. You see it, and you're like, "How are you not more like your older?" S- oh, that's right, because you aren't an older sibling. Yeah, like, you're you're learning by example more than anything. And I think it's 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 really cool now to see like as Dom goes in his teenage years. You know, I think he was like. Like with Evie, I, I just remember handing him Evie and him being just like, like, what do I do with this thing? Like, just looking at me like, what is going on? And and now to where he's at, to like where Evie stands at the bottom of the stairs and she's like, she yells, Dom, Dom, and just like screams his name until he comes down. And they're like the two best friends in the whole world, my oldest and then my uh, second middle, basically. It's interesting to see that because he's a lot like his mom where like he's he is empathetic but he's a lot different than I was as an older child. And so to me that's interesting. It's like watching my wife as an older child and my second one like Mason, he's I mean he's like he's more advanced. Everybody I think it was the trauma but everybody told me that I was an old soul young and then uh, that's like how mason is as well like he's just he's an old soul like i can talk to that kid like he is my best friend that is also 32 like it's just it's yeah. it's interesting so i guess the roles are a little bit reversed tj where like and maybe it's just because i'm i can relate more to mason because he's more like me um i don't know i just i feel like he's more of the empathetic one um yep and uh, and and Evie is as well too. Like just watching her develop this empathy to like crying over, and I get it. It's like some part of it's just being a little girl. Like I totally get that, but like she, <laughs> she so <laughs> so she is. Uh, I I say I stopped like getting pissed off while driving because it's true. Like if I literally will be like, come on, like what are you doing, you douche canoe? Like she'll be like. <laughs> Daddy, 
Dad, and she gets pissed at me. Deep like, disappointment. Like, yeah, like just deep disappointment. I'm like, oh my god, I felt that in my soul, little girl. Like, I will totally stop this. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's interesting to see her as well. I never thought that my two middle ones would be like super empathetic. And then you got and you got Emery, who uh, Eb has officially named Bubby. Um, so we just all call him <laughs> Bubby. Cute. But you got Bubby, who just. Uh, he don't even care, dude. Like he's he's got a smile on his face when he's taking like the loudest crap I've ever heard from a little kid. You know, like he's just he's that fourth child. He just doesn't care. But yeah, I totally derailed that whole uh, that whole answer there. But or what's this might sound bad, but it's <laughs> something that I have struggled with is when you see yourself in your kids and it's the stuff you don't like about yourself and it frustrates you. I was literally just going to ask you guys what is it what has it been like getting to see yourself in your kids cuz I think For, I'm not I'm not there yet being only 6 months old like we're seeing a little bit You're of this only 6 months old? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Like my parents. You are very mature for six months, Garrett. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. That's a heck of a beard. <laughs> You're like my parents when they had me. <laughs> oh. For me, I, honestly, it is that empathy because I'm the person. <laughs> I am the person that when somebody has a bad day, I absorb their bad day and they'll get past it. And I'm still lingering in the funk because, like, if and and this is a super transparent like if my wife is having a bad day i'm having a bad day yeah <laughs> because in <laughs> my mind that. it is what can i do to make it better mm-hmm. and there's nothing i can do it's some stupid coworker at her job or some invoice that didn't get filed that she's like i've tried to help these people and they're not helping me help them but it feels and like your fault yeah exactly there's nothing i can do to make it better and then you get my oldest son, who is literally me, with the empathy, who mom stressed out. And because mom was stressed out, I was stressed out, or dad stressed out. And now, what can I do? I'm going to go clean my room. Can I help with the chores? And we're like, dude, just relax. Like, that will help <laughs> us. Yeah. Like, just go. And, like, it, it's, it's weird. Um, and I don't want to say it like the, the stuff that you hate about yourself seeing it in your kids but it's the um i want them to be better than me you know at at all points like i don't want them to struggle with the things i've struggled with i don't want to pass my crap onto my kids but at the same time they are their own people yeah and you can't you can't change who they are you can only nurture the good things in them yeah and try and help them in a way that you feel like you weren't helped you know, I think that's, yeah, I think that's where prayer comes in often too, TJ. Because like, I see the same thing. You know, I see the same things in my kids, especially Mason. I always say because he's 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 so much like me. But tonight he texted and he's like, "Hey, he's got an issue with his Xbox." Where he's like, "Hey, Dad, like I can't join anybody's party." And I heard somebody talking bad about me through Dom's mic and yada yada yada. And it's just like that's a tendency that I have is just to be so, I guess, hyper fixated on my emotions that when I see that in him, it's not, it's not necessarily just like getting mad to see the bad characteristics, but it's like, it's like, damn, my kids are going to have to struggle with that as well. And I think that's part of it too. It's like, if they don't have that struggle, like I didn't have, and my dad's a, amazing person amazing dad but we're not alike in a lot of ways he's a lot more he's a lot more like my um younger brother zach and they can relate more and that's always why they've been closer but it's i didn't have my dad to kind of guide me through those same issues so like i sometimes wonder i'm like is it better off that my dad didn't have any idea what to say and like i feel like i know everything to say to me Am I protecting him too much? Am I like, am I giving him too much leeway because I know that he struggles with social anxiety like I do? Am I, am I not doing him justice by like forcing him to go into sports and forcing him to do things like that? So I think it goes like, there's so many ways you can look at that, TJ. You opened up a whole can of worms with that because yep. it's, uh, 
You're so right, dude. And then I see, <laughs> you know, I see Dom. He he's so much like his mom, but he does have a little bit of my tendencies, and those tendencies are my bad tendencies, like AKA not giving a shit about home, things like that. And and I'm just like, man, like I don't know. That that's yeah. just a whole can of worms, CJ. That was that was a great point, man. I just I wanted to point that out because it's it's. Uh, <sighs> It's so many things encapsulated. It's like you want to protect your kids from feeling certain feelings that you felt that like you can still feel to this day that you can go back to like, think about, you know, yeah. but it's also like, it's also like wanting to just slap them on the head. Like get your shit together before you're exactly. one trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Like, <laughs> Alex and I have talked about it a, a lot in terms of like general generational curses that mm-hmm. we don't, we want to break the stuff that <clears throat> willingly or unwillingly or with their knowledge, our parents passed on to us. Yeah. Like yeah. how we see the world, how we interact with people, stuff like that. But at the same time, I look at it, I'm torn because I see it from the other side where I'm like, I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't made the exactly. plethora of mistakes in my life I had. Right, made. right. Because yeah. I would not, I, I would not cherish some, like some of the worst times of my life now I see as the best things that have ever happened because yeah, yeah, the they, they for forced sure. me to address my issues or they solidified my faith. Or uh, the way I interact with people is better today because I was such a piece of crap when I was younger. Yeah, like, yeah. and I can't. There, there's the old adage that the stricter the parent, the sneakier the kid. You're not teaching the kid to be better. Mm-hmm. You're teaching <laughs> right. them to appear better so yeah. that they can get away. Yeah, and I, I mean, I want my kids to be good kids, but I also need them to make their their morals and their faith their own yeah. in their own way. So how it's you, it's a. How do you guys kind of deal with that balance of wanting to protect your kid and wanting to keep them safe and make sure that they're like, you know, just protect them, and then the other side of. Well, if I overprotect them, then they're not going to experience these kind of like, I don't know what you would call it, life experiences adversity. that adversity, like these life experiences that suck, but they make you the person you are. Like, how do you deal with that balance of wanting to protect your kid? And because they're your kid, you don't want to see them hurt. You don't yeah. want to see them heartbroken, but you also Alexander. want them, but you also want them to grow and you want them to be people that know how to take on adversity. Yeah. I want to hear, I, I don't want to cut you guys off. I don't want to, I want, I don't want to cut you guys off, but there's no raise your hand function. So, um, <laughs> you gotta get you like, a, you gotta get the class all you. that Tyler's no, throwing on I there. Need, I, need two, I need two of those little tiny hands. Um, you know, so like with th- this has been something I've really thought about really over the last 10 years or so for yeah. my sons, right? Because it, it is so important to me that my sons are the best versions of me, the best versions of their mom, mm-hmm. and then better than us, but also carry the the propensity for violence, compassion, a a, a true you know a true warrior's mentality, mm-hmm. um, and and all of the things that make up manliness in its most purest, perfect forms. Right? If you look at like biblical characteristics of manliness, um, and so. You got to be a savage at, at the same time. Like you got it. Yeah. Like it, that, the, the propensity for violence has to be present, but, um, and the understanding of, you know, body awareness and all those things. And, and that, because that protector instinct is present in every man. Yeah. Right. So like with my sons specifically, I've seen it like, like in its most raw form come out where it's like Remy bit Uriah and Lincoln just wanted to take a shovel to her. Right. My one and a half year old golden retriever. Right. She had, <laughs> she had no intentions of actually hurting Uriah, but Lincoln, yeah. like that, that trigger flipped in his brain. And I saw yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I think a big, and, and with our society as it is today, it's not natural. Right. So like for me, I, I grew up and found my way through layers of that adversity 
naturally, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up on a reservation. I went to a tribal school, like all of these things that were present in my childhood um, that made me who I am. Now there's the faults that come with that as well, right? So it's like, I have a real inability to process emotion. That's, that's a huge area that I have to work on every single day to process through my emotions. Like I have joy and I have anger. Like those are easy. All of the other <laughs> mud that's in the middle, like it is so difficult for me. And it, it's so yeah. bad. Like where Anna will ask me, like I'll grind my teeth at night when like I'm my body, <laughs> like my brain subconsciously is trying to process things and I'm grinding my teeth and she'll ask me the next day when I get from work, it's like, Hey, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm not, I haven't figured it out yet. And like two, three months later, she's like, okay, congratulations. We're going to talk about this now. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't felt anything in years. I don't know. Right. right. And, um, and so with my boys, I've seen the best come out, which is like, my boys are very, um, aware of emotion, right. In, in every facet, compassion, yeah. love, caring, um, and, and the violent sides of emotion as well. But with our society as it stands today, the adversity that we would have experienced, right? If you go back, you know, 500 years, right? You're living on a farm, you're working all day, you know, yeah. whatever it may be, right? You're if going you're, to school, the schoolhouse, and then you're helping dad plow the field. And then you're going to bed. <laughs> yeah, and you're, walk, you're, yeah. you're walking to school six miles uphill in the snow both ways. Um, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So that is not present in our society. So it's like our, it is an added responsibility to us as fathers because it was a natural adversity that was just created yeah. by our lifestyle. Historically, it's our responsibility as fathers to curate that adversity today. Um, so some of the or things to, that. To toughen them. To, yeah, but, to and I don't necessarily. Manliness. I don't necessarily go on the toughen because like tough love is not love. No. Right. <laughs> like I'm not going to beat my kids. I'm not going to choke <laughs> my sons out, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's like, um, the, no, 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 no. We're not mint going, you know, RKO on them. Yeah. No mint and tucks. That's a, that's a story for off the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, got, got me kicked out of a church, but, um, <laughs> youth group. Am I the, right? Uh, you right. Um, so like with my boys, there's a, there's a lot of great things that you can infuse into their lives. And I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do this with my daughter yet. Um, but I know that it needs to be present, you know, so like martial arts is a great way for that, where they have to understand body awareness. They have to, um, deal with complex problem solving, um, in, in a present immediate situation. So like Lincoln is going into jujitsu, right? So, which is, you know, real safe. His instructor's great. Um, I've met him, all of that kind of stuff, but it, it gives him like immediate, like complex problem solving with dire circumstances, at least present in his brain, um, that is safe. So looking at things like that, looking at other, other things that like my dad, one of, one of the greatest things my dad could have ever done was, um, make me buy a POS truck for my first car. <laughs> yep. like an absolute pile of garbage. Like I saved up all my money and he said, Alex, you're buying this truck. I don't know if it was intentionally done for me to learn all these lessons, but um, it worked that way where it was like, I had to figure it out, um, which really yeah. created, and, and it put me in some real weird situations. Like the gas gauge didn't work. So I ran out of gas and you know, like, I had to start, I had to figure out how to start my car and my um, wife when she was my girlfriend's driveway with a screwdriver. Right. So like all of these like really crazy adverse situations that were ultimately safe. Um, yeah. But, but character that, building, character building. Right. But it's like the, the, the layers of adversity. That's our responsibility at this point where it's like before our dads were plowing fuel fields and all that kind of stuff. Whereas today, you know, we're working at Amazon. I work for, you know, an industrial supplier in a church and that adversity is just not present in my day to day for them. Right. They're I not, they don't work as well. I think, uh, what going back to the, how do you do that in your kids? It was the, uh, if you are your kid's foundation, they won't have a foundation when they leave the home. Like that was mm -hmm. one of those things I heard that stuck with me a lot. 
Um, and then M and I have talked a lot about that the emotions and the feelings are not bad. It's how you handle them and how yeah. you express them. Yeah. So if yeah. my kid wants to have a meltdown and cry about something honestly stupid, like his pad not working or something like that, it is okay to be frustrated. It is okay to feel that. It is not okay to lash out, give your parents attitude, throw your pad across the room. It's not, we never want to be the don't feel like that because emotions are, feelings are real. Yeah. Yeah. It is the, you got to look at the, you got to try and look at the facts behind it. Mm -hmm. And going to the, your original question, Garrett, about how do you balance all that out? It's, I try to look at it, is this a, in any situation, is this life threatening or Mm -hmm. is this one, is it a learning opportunity? Like, can we have a talk over about this? Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. Or is this going to be one of those things you're going to have to learn the lesson that you don't jump off the slide onto concrete? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, I, I'm going to tell you a bunch of times and I'm going to explain why it's bad, but you know, some things need to be learned. And at the end of the day, I want my kids, regardless of what they do, I want them to be able to be like, dad, this happened. Can we talk about it? Like, I don't want them to ever feel like they are unsafe talking to me about the stuff they're going through. That is the the relationship I I am trying to cultivate with the kids. I don't want them to be sneaky. If like you hit that age where they get drunk at a party and I know this comes up on like TikTok and stuff, I want them to feel open to calling me and saying, yeah, I know I'm in trouble for drinking underage, but I need you to pick me up. I would rather them trust me. To set up, to set up a situation for you. What do you do if something happened, something has happened with your kid where they've broke a rule or broke a boundary that you've set and you found out about it, but from another parent or from another kid or whatever, but your kid hasn't told you yet. Do you do you kind of insert yourself into the situation or do you kind of ironically I have a perfect example of that from today? <laughs> oh, wow. uh, AJ 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 started a tickle fight in her class today that <laughs> ended with most of the kids getting into this tickle fight and a kid getting punched in the face by my oldest daughter. Aggressive tickling. So it's more one of those like I don't care about the situation, so to speak, because at that point, it's kids will be kids. I, Em and I both went to the core issue that, hey, guys, we keep our hands to ourselves. Like, that is the core issue that we are trying to deal with. And that could be something as stupid as, like, in the car when they're riding together and you got that, he's touching me, I'm not touching (laughs) you. Like, going to the core issue is... More, like, I don't want to focus on the event because the event will yeah. be forgotten. The yeah. core issue is what, or the core lesson. Because I, I mean, honestly, in that moment, it's not an issue. An issue is overselling it. It's the core concept. Yeah, we respect other people. We don't touch other people. If you know, it's one of those things. You know, that's how mm-hmm. that's how we try to look at it. <clears throat> Yeah. And, and I think for me, obviously I don't have a necessarily a situation with that per se. Um, but, uh, so Lincoln broke a toy at my mother-in-law's house. Um, this was a couple of months ago and, um, and he tried to hide it. Mm-hmm. So he didn't tell her. So inten- he didn't di- intentionally tried to correct the situation. So, um, my approach was, and, and this is something I'm trying to do was, um, talk to them and treat them like adults Yeah, where it's like, obviously there's like larger concepts associated with it, but he's a young man. I'm going to treat him like a young man. Um, and so the, you know, with him, I approached it like if like I was at TJ's house and I broke something right. Or at one of your guys' house and I broke mm-hmm. something. Um, he had to, go buy that toy with his own money and replace it. Yep. Right. Where it was. And and I treated it very, you know, candidly 
um, and, and taught him the lesson along the way of like, this is why we don't do this. This is why you do it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why honesty is really important. Um, and, and I let him know at that point, I said, Lincoln, if you had told me um, or told your mom or grandma what had happened and were remorseful, you wouldn't have had to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least for me, I try to approach any of those situations. I don't want to insert myself because that's the natural instinct of a parent if they've mm-hmm. wronged somebody or if they've been wronged. Right. So like Lincoln had his first experience with a bully the other day. Um, so Lincoln's homeschooled, but they have these like co-ops every Friday. Yeah. And, and the bully was, um, just being a little jerk. Like he's unfortunately the bad kid in the group. There's like 20 something of them and 15 of them are Lincoln's age. Um, and one of the, one of the kids, the bully is a little older, older. And he, uh, he was picking on Lincoln. He was picking on his brother. He was picking on another kid. And Lincoln told me, and this, so he had gone on, on a Friday and I was out, I was out of town. And so he told me when I got back or went on Saturday and I told him, I said, Lincoln, you know, your responsibility, um, is to protect your brother, protect the innocent and do what's right. Mm-hmm. That, and I talked to him just like an adult. Now how that backfired on me was next, the next Friday bully was still bullying and Lincoln jumped on him like a spider monkey. Um, <laughs> and so, and so there, there was a, uh, like a restraint conversation that came from that. But again, it's like, I'm teaching him these processes. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't know until I've taught him. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, for me, it's an, it's important to talk to them as adults, but relevant to their age as well. It's yeah. like, I'm going to teach you these adult principles. I'm not going to baby you. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Right. But like Lincoln was all over this kid choking him the whole nine. And I'm like, Whoa, part of me was like super proud. Cause I'm like, that's my boy. But I also yeah. had to like yeah. pull it back a little bit. Like I was, that's my boy to his mom. But I, you know, <laughs> I was like, Lincoln, like, remember you're strong. All those, all these kind of things you protect. And he repeated my words back to me. So he's like, again, that's where we go to the, it's not about the, the incident. It's about the <laughs> core concept behind. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he repeated my words right back to me. So I just had to eat crow like right there. He was just like, protect my brother, protect the innocent. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. I think it's, that's a great opportunity to be like, you're not wrong. However, you could have handled this a little differently. Yeah. Approach. <laughs> yeah. Approach. Yeah. <laughs> Don't full send. <clears throat> That's some good stuff. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Somehow I Dad. Really appreciate you guys uh, staying along for the ride and uh, staying in touch with us. Uh, we definitely hope to get back on a daily or a uh, not daily a uh, a normal scheduled kind of release like we were uh, back when we first started. But life gets busy and dadding takes a lot of work. Um, so we are just kind of. Um, kind of going as we go and we'll figure it out as we go. But thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Uh, until next time. I'm TJ. I'm Tyler. I'm, <laughs> I'm Gordo. <laughs> I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Garrett. <coughs> Peace out, mother trucker. Take care. And brush your hair. Love you. Wait, brush you have hair. a speech at the end. Speech, speech. speech. You've forgotten this about is... it. True. <sighs> It's not about the journey. It's about something. (laughs) Remember, you used to say that every time. Perfection. Perfection isn't the goal. Progress over perfection. It is. Amen. Amen, Gare Bear. (laughs) 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 Craig, record that. Craig, record that. I don't even know how to do it, but I'm so excited. Bottom left corner of the screen, soundboard. Gonna be a Gen X. (laughs) Love you. Bye.
Just call 1-800-BB-DIAPER. We can handle any mess. 1-800-BB-DIAPER. A service you won't A huge thanks to Higgy for his song 1-800-PP-Diaper. You can find it wherever you find music.